Thank you, Jeff. Um, well, tonight uh, we're going to spend some time in prayer. And uh, so I was uh, praying and I mentioned today and I said, I want to talk to someone who has uh, been in Puerto Rico. We are hearing reports uh, from some of our families that they finally heard from a relative there. We hear other reports that no one is there. We hear words like catastrophic. We hear words <clears throat> like today on two different occasions, uh, no food, no water, and very difficult. So we did communicate with someone who's going to speak to us tonight, and his name is Jeff Nini. Jeff is the national spokesperson for Convoy of Hope. So he is on the phone with us. He got back yesterday. So he has an up-to-date report. So Jeff, are you there? I am, Pastor. How are you this evening? It's wonderful. Our church would like to give you a good victory <laughs> welcome. So here are the hands clapping. <laughs> so you, well, thank you all so much for that. You, you recently uh, got back. Um, you were there. So um, tell us what you experienced and what you saw. It was uh, it was a very interesting trip. We we uh, we arrived there uh, Monday late afternoon after a delayed. Uh, we, we had to fly in private because there were no commercial flights. We had uh, a partner that was very gracious in helping us do that, and so we got in there. And uh, first thing we saw as soon as we uh, landed at the airport were some of the large hangars and buildings just destroyed. And, uh, and so it kind of set the stage for what we would see the rest of the time we were there. It's very spotty. It's, uh, it's a lot, it reminded me a lot of what I saw during Hurricane Katrina when we were down in the Gulf. And uh, it, it's, it's interesting because you'll go for a couple blocks and everything will look completely normal. And then you'll go, you'll turn the corner, and here's a, a building just totally devastated or power lines that are down. But, but the interesting thing is everybody, every single person on the island has been affected because the power was out 100%. And I have never seen that happen before in any disaster. But the, the electrical grid in Puerto Rico is so antiquated and, uh, and so worn out that uh, it just, I mean, they lost complete power to the island. So... Uh, generators are at a premium right now, and then if you have a generator, it's tough to get fuel to put in the generator to run it. So the, the conditions there are very, very difficult. So did you uh, did you see uh, people with food opportunities, food distribution, water distribution? Did you see any of that? The the food and water was just starting to arrive when we got there. We took some supplies in with us. And then, and then we have a lot more on the way. We have a C-130 cargo plane coming in tomorrow that a donor has provided for us. Uh, we have a, a couple of uh, small private planes that are going to be bringing in small bits of supplies. And then starting hopefully this weekend, uh, we've got containers that are coming in on container ships. So we're, gonna, we're just hitting that part now where we're going to start doing the distribution and start seeing uh, some of the food lines and water lines and things like that hopefully start to, uh, to get in much better shape than what they are right now. Uh, were you able to talk to any of the pastors of any churches that were there, Jeff? 
Yes, yes. The uh, the district superintendent for the assemblies in Puerto Rico, Pastor Ivan, was our host while we were there. Uh, he drove us around to see some of the uh, the devastation and that sort of thing. So we, we had a chance to talk to him quite a bit. And I'll tell you what, that was exciting to me because here here is a, a an island, a nation, if you will, that has been devastated by a disaster. And, and here's Pastor Ivan. He's fired up. He's going, you know what? The church is going to rise to this occasion. We are going to do something. We are going to meet the needs of our countrymen, and we're going to partner with Convoy of Hope, and we're going to go get it. And I, I was just really encouraged to spend time with him. Well, he's, uh, he's a wonderful individual, and uh, we certainly have been praying. We have uh, many families here at Victory Church who uh, are from Puerto Rico, and they have families that are there, and of course, they're very concerned. Some of the stuff that we read, uh, of course, and view on television are those who have decided to steal in order to have water for their family or food. Uh, some would call it rioting. Uh, one man quoted today as righteous rioting, uh, <laughs> and uh, which, which meant, hey, my, my family will eat and have something no matter uh, what I do. So so the future, as far as rebuilding, what, what does that look like, in your opinion? Uh, it's going to be a long process, I think, Pastor. Um, the, like I mentioned, the electrical grid, uh, it's going to take them quite a while to get power back to all uh, locations on the island. Uh, and I think that's going to be the toughest part. There were, there were a lot of homes destroyed, and, and we don't even know the extent of it in some of the areas yet. There are, there are towns and villages throughout the island that nobody has had contact with yet because all the communications are down and the roads are out. So people haven't been able to get in there. They're starting to make, uh, make it possible for people to get in via helicopter, but at this point, that's the only way into some of those regions. So it's gonna be a very long process, a very expensive process. Uh, but it, but it's again, it's exciting to see the church, the national church there in Puerto Rico, uh, excited about the opportunity that's in front of them. So we're going to be praying tonight. Uh, what would you say to us that we need to be aware of and to do uh, in order to help? We are anxious to help. What would that be? Well, we, we love that spirit, uh, and we're thankful for it. Uh, I would say there's several things that you could pay, you, you could pray for uh, for the nation of Puerto Rico or the, the territory there. Um, the first one would be the people. You know that they, they are going through something that most of us will never go through in our lives. Uh, many, many families have lost everything, don't know where to turn, and that's where that desperation comes from that leads to the looting and the rioting in many cases. But pray for the people of Puerto Rico that, that, that this situation doesn't drag them down, but, but it helps them become stronger. Uh, we'd ask that you pray for our team. Uh, our team is, they're tired, they're, they're worn out. They've been going for a month now with Hurricane Harvey and then Hurricane Irma and now this one. So they're, they're not getting breaks like they normally would where we would rotate teams. 
so so they're they're tired and and they need they need rest and, and they need God's guidance and direction on the decisions that have to be made in the next few days. And then I would say pray for the national church there. Uh, they have an amazing opportunity in front of them. There's always a day that comes some point in these disaster responses where Convoy of Hope, we close the doors and we go home. But that national church is there to stay. And and they have an incredible opportunity in front of them right now because they're going to have the opportunity to go into neighborhoods and go door to door and pass out food and water and hygiene products and really, truly bring life-saving supplies to their neighbors. And their neighbors will remember it. When the day comes that Convoy goes home, their neighbors may not know who Convoy of Hope is, or or they may not know who your church is, but they're going to know the person from that church down the street that came to visit them and came and met their needs. So I just, that's my, my biggest excitement and biggest concern all at the same time is that the local church rises to the occasion to take Jesus to the masses and, and truly become the hands and feet of Jesus in this case. Well, we're going to pray. We're gathered here tonight to pray, and we prayed Sunday, and we're going to continue to pray. We're also uh, uh, getting an offering out this week uh, to Convoy to assist in that area to help with uh, food. I tried to find generators today, for example, to ship to the Virgin Islands, uh, uh, 15K mm-hmm. generators, 30K generators. These are big generators, uh, 50K generators, and everything that I saw, and they would ship them, uh, they're out, you know, back-ordered, back-ordered, back-ordered. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so it appears anything of that nature, if you don't know someone who has an in, our goal is to... Uh, is our goal is to always remember the burden of the poorest of the poor. And wherever that Amen. person is, uh, we, don't, we don't want to see those that we reach first. We want to be able to know that the person that we reach last has been reached with a helping hand of love from Jesus Christ. So our, Amen. our, our hat is off to you and the convoy, and thank you for being there and giving us the report. We're going to give you another hand clap and say, God bless you. Here we go. Uh, thank you all so much. We, we feel your prayers and we, and we covet your continued prayers. Thank you for the, for the offering and the support that you've shown. And, and, and God bless you. I mean, this is a chance, not just for the national church, but for the church here in the America to shine as well. And uh, we've been encouraged with the way people have just have their hearts have over have poured out with the with the opportunity and the love that we can share Christ with the masses and and we're thrilled with the opportunity and thrilled with what you guys have done to support us. All right, thank you, Jeff, and God bless you. Thank you all very much. Bless you, Pastor. All right, Amen. I was reading and get my uh, notes. I want to move right in to the message, and I was dealing with uh, the thought of what must have been of what it might feel like to be hopeless, and in the story tonight for these few minutes, uh, it is the story where Jesus is on the boat, uh, and they're on the Sea of Galilee in Mark's chapter, Mark chapter 4, verse uh, 35 through 41. We, uh, when, when we lose control 
of a situation, um, we most of the time panic. I asked someone the other day, an educated individual, I said, if in fact your family was starving and you had grandkids and your grandkids' belly began to bloat, would you steal, if you could get to food, would you steal if you could get to water? And the remark was, absolutely. I would do whatever it took regardless to get to my family. I listened to one lady today talking about family members in Puerto Rico, and she said, I cannot understand my Puerto Rican brothers and sisters in their rioting. Rioting is one thing, righteous rioting for the good of saving family is a little different. I thought about what it felt like not to have power and electricity and the generators as one person who was went out here in Lakeland said thank God the sound of a generator I thought would leave once I cut it off but several nights still in my head I still heard the buzz of the generator after 10 days we asked God I want control of my life and Jesus said no I don't want you to have control I want you to give me control. These individuals in this text are disciples. They're individuals that's hung out with Jesus. They managed like we managed in Lakeland only briefly. Key West still managing. Those areas, how do you deal with an unplanned event? When all of a sudden, in fact, life turns upside down. The disciples are on the boat. You know the story, Mark 4. It says uh, a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat and uh, it was nearly swamped or turned over. And in this illustration, everything that happens to us, God has a purpose or reason to allow it to happen. And Jesus was preparing these disciples to learn some leadership lessons. And I thought, how do I handle unplanned events knowing what to do when you don't know what to do that's a good statement knowing what to do when you don't know what to do and those situations as we know in these parts that we mentioned that we're going to pray for tonight knowing what to do when you don't know what to do how do you manage it where is your hope when there is no hope to grasp a hold of these individuals were tired and they were taking that leisurely ride across the Sea of Galilee and the storm came up in a tremendous way. They were sailing at night. It went from moonlight to total darkness, still to windy conditions, peaceful skies to torrential rains in just a matter of minutes. And we know again that some of the best laid plans still that are established by faith will be challenged in our life and all of us know what it means to be challenged. And we also know that according to what James writes in James 1, verse 2, consider it joy, pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of any kind because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. You and I have no idea the testing of faith and perseverance that's taking place in some of these places around the world. In Mexico, for example, 
Not only there, perseverance. What do you do when you're standing out and wondering, I think I had a family member in there. God produced something. How do you manage that? What do you hold on to? How do you deal with it? The purpose is to prepare us always in every circumstance that turns upside down when the unfortunate situation happens. It's not, it's not to destroy us. It's to help build in us. It's, it's to mature our faith, not to discourage us. It's, it's to encourage our spirit and find out where your true security is. And in circumstances of that nature, you heard Jeff mention that the superintendent there said, boy, this is a great time for the church. What a wonderful attitude. I'm telling you, you have to fight for that kind of attitude. It does not come easily in life when you're faced with torrential situations that you cannot control. And what do you do then? You trust in who you know. We get phone calls from individuals who, who uh, are a part of Victory Church. And when they get in trouble, I mean big trouble, and you, you can name the kind of trouble, and they can't get satisfaction to grab control, here's what often they do. Call, call pastor. Call the church. Maybe they know somebody. Maybe they have some situation. They know. What, what are we struggling to do to get some semblance of peace, to get someone to reach their hand out and say, help us. We don't know what to do. And we know that Jesus was in the stern. It says he was on a sleeping cushion there, and the disciples woke him up. And they said, teacher, don't you care that we drown? That's what we do. That's what we do. The, the people in Puerto Rico, 91% of their cell towers is, is gone. There is only one that was working uh, just a few days ago. We keep getting reports. No one has a cell phone. What are they trying to do? People standing where they think they might get a bar, you know, and on top of cars and here. What are they trying to do? They're trying to say, somebody, I, I need to try to touch somebody. I need to reach them. Do, do people care? Does anyone care that we perish? What is it? It's evening, the wind is blowing, it turns cold, the rains fall, the conditions are unbearable, and Jesus is sound asleep. Sound asleep. You see, he didn't bother to wake up. He didn't get, he didn't get nervous. He didn't lose his faith. He didn't allow a difficult situation to dictate to him who he was as an omnipotent God. But when they went to him and they awakened him, what, was, what could have been his goal? It was to encourage their faith. I think all of us during this period of time, and we really have to focus in the American church. Houston doesn't have to focus because many people are still suffering big time in Houston, Texas. I mean, lost it all. One pastor in Key West found out a few days ago that, in fact, his church insurance had run out, and now there is no insurance there. Unbelievable unbelievable situation. Say, what am I, what am I going to do? Who do I hold on to? Who's giving us a phone call? Who's offering a word of encouragement? And we find that that storm is taking place in several areas of our planet, in Mexico, and Puerto Rico, and Cuba, and the Virgin Islands, and in Key West, and in those areas. It's like, who, who is here to help us? Who is here to reach out to us? Don't you care that we suffer? We cannot imagine. Only briefly, in a brief moment of maybe two or three days, some of you 10 days, 
what it must be like, but you could in about two days get in your car and go down to somewhere and get you a Coca-Cola or a donut or something that would be available right now in Puerto Rico for the general populace, that is impossible. It is impossible. And for those who do have it now, they're having armed officers escort whatever help is there to their places for fear that those who say, my family will not starve, I will attack that truck, the driver of that, I will steal and do whatever I have to do in order to get water and in order to get food to bring back to my babies. People go crazy. But we know that's true in Scripture Mark 4.40, he said to his disciples, why are you afraid? Do you, do you still have no faith? After everything that I've done, and when circumstances beyond our control, I think that's the big old looming question that God is saying to all of us, do you still have no faith? Do I have a responsibility to my brothers and sisters in Mexico, in Houston, in Puerto Rico, do I have a responsibility for some that are right here in our own community, some that are in, still in hotels and their homes totally destroyed, as I talked to one lady before coming on the platform tonight? Did not know that. We want to do something to help assist all that we possibly can. You see, it's not God's nature to forsake us in conflict, especially when we are walking by faith. But faith, have you noticed, is not some ominous situation. Faith is manifested through God's people. I want to build your faith. I want to do it a good deed. I want to remind you of who you are and what we are together. Isaiah 43, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they'll not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you'll not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. What if I stand in some village and in Puerto Rico right now and read that scripture to hopeless people and there's no food? What causes them to want to grasp that? What causes them to want to grasp that is the same thing that would want you and I to grasp it. Show me something. Show me something tangible. Let me see it. Let me feel it. Yeah, I know when you go through it, we managed through the storm. We almost drowned. Yeah, we managed, but everything I have is gone when I walk through the fire. But now that I survive, what now? Not only that, at Exodus 33, 14, the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. That sells real well when you know that there might be a glimmer of hope. But what if you cannot see any hope? What if for days and days now, nothing has changed? I'll be with you, God, where are you at? I think we still have to remember that there is a spirit man in us when the natural man and the carnal man is saying, I doubt that and I doubt that. There has to be a spirit man in us that says, even though I don't see it, I know that it's true. I know that God is with me. 
I know God will not forsake me. I don't want to forsake the Lord. Hebrews 13, 5, never will I leave you, nor will I forsake you. We cannot control the rain. We cannot control the flood. We cannot control the hurricane. But we can control how we respond to it. We can't control the power of a divorce. We can't control the power of sickness, cancer. We can't control all of that, but we can control how we respond to it. God, help us. God, without faith, we cannot meet our spiritual potential. Finally, my security is in God's, or my security is God's business. I really think God cares about me. How about you? I really think God cares about other people. I, I really think God cares about those areas that are stricken. The things that we're mentioning right now, what we sometimes forget, we can focus on these areas, the Virgin Islands, the Caribbean, of course, Cuba. Uh, we can focus on Puerto Rico. All of but did you know right now, in many places of the world, particularly uh, across in Muslim countries, that we have people today who gave their life for their faith in Jesus Christ and would not deny the faith, and they were beheaded just today. But we don't hear about that. We stand on God's Word. What do we do? The disciples had already decided they're going to die. Master, don't you care? Teacher, don't you care if we drown? They already made that decision. We're not going to make it. The first place, they would, they would not have been sailing out there on the water had not Jesus said, we're going out. You think Jesus didn't know the potential storm was there? They were frightened to death. They, they, they awakened Jesus. What did he do? It wasn't a big deal for him. He rebuked the wind. He rebuked the rain. And he said, peace, be still. I must never forget as a redeemed individual that you and I are the voice of the Lord. You and I are the arms of Jesus Christ. You and I are the ones who weep. You and I are the ones who pray. You and I are the ones who say, God, it looks impossible, but all things are possible with you. You see, what was it? It was the authority of God's Word when Jesus spoke it. It was the power of His dominance. In 1 Peter 3.22, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of of God with angels and authorities and powers in submission to him. It's Jesus. He rules over Puerto Rico, over Mexico. He rules over the keys. He rules over all of those situations. He's able to break the back of those who are resistant, and he's able to bring healing to those who cry out to him for help. That's who we serve. And tonight, we're going to pray. I'm going to take a few minutes. You're giving and offerings and and, and we are sending it to where the needs are. We are vetting everything that we do to be sure that we get it to where it needs to be, that that which we send is going to be used for what it needs to be used for. There are those times that I may feel beaten and bruised, and I cry out to the Lord, and often I, don't, I very seldom ever look at circumstances I can't control as an opportunity 
But in reality, it is. God's always up to something in my life and in your life. And we may face uncertainties of unplanned events, events that just hit the radar in our life. And it's that moment that God says, I want you to be a strong and mighty tower. I want you to respond. Here's what I know. You often hear someone say, what goes around Well, we know that's a cycle. That's a cycle. And it's not, it's not a statement that's improper. If you want compassion, show compassion. If you want forgiveness, share forgiveness. If you want help in your time of need, then you give others help in their time of need. What goes around comes around. You will reap what you sow if you faint not. Amen? So that's our goal in these moments of very gently trying to suggest that God would in fact help us. So we're going to have some worship, and we're going to ask you to just find a place to pray. We are going to have some individuals come toward the end after our time of prayer and pray uh, for Houston and Cuba, the Caribbean, and for uh, Mexico and for Puerto Rico. We are going to pray for those places. But right now as the worship team, they're going to come. And all I know to tell you, I, I just, you know, I can hand out, for example, we handed you the main thing and said, write down maybe eight people that you know that need Jesus. You might remember them you might write that down you might and when you pray here's what you're going to find unless you are a prayer warrior unless you are consistent in spending time in jesus praying for five minutes will be difficult for you so i'm asking you to press in don't look at the time and you say, well, I, I, I can pray for everything that I know in five minutes. <laughs> Take the hymn book out, if it were there, and pray the hymn book. In other words, pray courses that you know. But remember these needs tonight. Remember family members, unless press in. And then we'll, we'll call you in about ten minutes. So find an altar, sit in the pew, kneel in the pew, walk around. And you know in your heart there's enough need that you're aware of to keep us busy for a little while praying. So let's do that right now as they worship. May we pray. Amen. Somewhere. John and Crystal, our kids pastor, lived in Houston. Uh, Come on over, John. Lived in Houston for seven or eight years. And you have friends there, and uh, you've spoken to some of them. What, yeah, what have they been telling you? That's been crazy. Yeah, we've had uh, some friends that lost literally everything. We had uh, one lady who had to be saved from the roof of her house with her family, and uh, they left with the clothes on their back, and one chair was saved, and the clothes that they were wearing actually had to be thrown out because of the floodwaters. But they... Didn't realize that actually until the following Sunday when they were standing, staying with family and getting ready to go to church. And they realized I don't have any clothes, um, so they had you know, total devastation. So it's hard. 
So, so you, you know some of those areas and you yeah. communicate with some of those people. Well, yeah. Would you offer a prayer? Yes, sure will. God, we just lift up those in Houston right now. God, our brothers and our sisters. God, we just, first of all, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your protection of life. And even among all this devastation, God, you are still God. You are still good. And you still have your hand in their life. And so, God, we just pray for right now strength for those that have been going through this, Lord, for our first responders and our police and our, our military and our firefighters and all of those in the community that have gathered together to help those in need, God, that have been going literally three, four weeks on end, day after day. God, give them strength uh, from their exhaustion. Give them rest. God, I thank you for peace, Lord God, in, in their minds, Lord God, through this crazy time, Lord. And we just thank you for restoration. We thank you for provision. And uh, we just give you praise for that. And God, even among this craziest of times in all of these locations around the world, God, I pray that your name will be lifted up and people will turn to you because they'll realize, God, you are good and you have provided and you have taken care and you have restored that which was stolen from us. God, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. I saw Dr. Peter Alvarez. Dr. Alvarez is on call. He's a... Uh, a, a gynecologist and uh, so but so he's on call so hopefully he can be here long enough before somebody calls him uh, to come out you are Cuban that's your heritage yes, I was born in Cuba Cuba born in Cuba left when I was very very small I was only four years old but that's that is my birthplace you know um, you yeah I was born in Cuba left when I was only four years old but uh, of course you know I have family down there and, and so forth. I've also lived in Puerto Rico for a while, so I know Puerto Rico very well, both the north and south side of the island. And uh, I spent some time in St. Croix, so I'm going to pray for those regions. You know, one of the things uh, that I have to mention is that Key West, Puerto Rico, St. Thomas and St. Croix, all are U.S. territories. There are brothers and sisters, there are countrymen. And I know that this great country will help them, you know, that God gave us will help them get back on their feet. But Cuba is a different story, right? We know Cuba. The uh, communist oppression there may never, never really let us know how much damage Irma did as she crossed that island as a Category 5. We get sketchy reports out of there. Communication in Cuba is always bad, even when you don't have a hurricane. And if you think the grid in Puerto Rico was bad before, you can imagine what Cuba was, which has no real infrastructure. But let us remember that they're all our brothers and sisters in Christ, all the same. So I'll pray for my, my little region. I'm going to ask you to pray for Cuba and the Caribbean and the Keys. So God bless you. Came right out of labor and delivery, so I had to write it down. Dear Heavenly Father, we are all here to thank you for favor and mercy over the loved ones in Cuba, the Keys, the U.S. Virgin Islands, St. Croix, St. Thomas. We're crying out to you, Father, for supernatural breakthrough for healing, protection, and strength for all our friends and families during this devastating time. Lord, they need your help and provision. We pray that each and every need is met. Bring help in the form of food, water, electricity, medicine, and finances. Lord, we know many of these areas are difficult to reach. We pray that you will make 
a way for supplies to reach the people. We know there is much fear, Lord. We rebuke fear in your name, as the word says in 2 Timothy, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, yes, but of power and love and of sound mind. Father, I know you will always control and nothing is impossible for you. I know you are going to bless our loved ones to make it through this very difficult time. Lord, we are crying out for favor and right now in your name, Jesus. I know my heart you're going to answer our prayers and lift them because your word is never void. We trust in your name, dear Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Alvarez. God bless you so much. And uh, Mark, Marco Lagoria, you are going to play, pray, because you have an affinity with Mexico. I do. Tell us about that. Um, well, my family, originally, my grandmother's from Mexico, and, uh, you know, my father was from Texas, and basically, um, you know, I, I really don't know much about it other than visiting, and, uh, you know, it became very dangerous to the point where you couldn't go. We used to travel down there all the time. But uh, it's no longer, you know, a thing because of the cartel and the way they'll just kidnap anybody and pull them in and then use it for ransom. Um, but, um, you know, I uh, have a heart for that because that's my grounds and my family. And a lot of them came from that area. <clears throat> and it's hard um, sometimes to just think of the devastation that's happened down there. I mean, even to the point there's more loss probably of lives than the hurricanes have created just because of the earthquakes and pushing 350 now yeah yeah it's a lot it's yeah. a lot so just want to offer up some prayer for them tonight yeah. father i just thank you for um your wisdom and guidance for the leaders of the government father god to um, begin to develop a plan to come into that area father god and to um begin to find resources and materials um to rebuild that country father god Lord, that you would touch the families that are affected, the businesses that were um, destroyed, people that were dispersed, Father God, lives that were lost, Father God, that you would just um, reach down and begin to comfort their heart, Father God, their souls, their spirits, Father God. Lord, that you just begin to lift them up, Father God, and give them peace and hope. Um, Lord, and that you would just begin to give them wisdom beyond their years, Father God. And Lord, I would ask that you just turn their um, stony hearts to fleshly hearts, Father God, Thank that you, Christians would be able to minister to them, Father yes, God. Jesus. This would be an opportunity for God to just show his presence, Father God, and to begin to open doors that might not have been opened before, Father, just because of um, what's happened, Lord. And people would begin to receive your word, Father God, and your wisdom and your guidance. And um, your love, Father God, and begin to hear your word and just begin to be touched, Father God, and change forever, Lord, that we never left the same. So, Lord, I just pray for all those, Father God. And, Lord, I just ask for your spirit to fall. Let the fire just burn yes. upon this place, Father yes. God, and begin to just um, show them direction and guidance and leadership. Amen. Thank you, Marco. God bless you. Carlos Sorez, would you come, my brother? Puerto Rico. Family's there. Tell us about that. Well, I need to tell you a miracle happened this week. And the day after the hurricane, I contacted my mom the day after. And she was okay. She was very well, 87 years old. Wow. And she was, it was a miracle called to her house and the phone ring. Wow. And then I contacted my brother yesterday, Tuesday. He almost passed out because his phone ring. And we could talk to for, with him for 15 minutes. Mm. And, um, and I see those pictures. 
It's hard. It's hard when you see your control and you're born. Be that way. But I believe in God. Amen. So I strongly believe in God. And it's a miracle, Pastor, because our brother Joseph we're talking about, and I received a call this morning to do my prayer this afternoon. I wrote this note before he talked. And it's, a, it's incredible. Everything he said, God gave me those words this morning. Amen. If you allow me to pray in English in the last 30 seconds in Spanish. I got you covered. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Dear God, you're so great. You're so awesome. And you got everything under control. You got everything under control. And we praise your name. And we pray for our pastors in Puerto Rico and ministry. Our church. Even can physical being destroyed, the buildings, but their soul is built. We pray for the leadership of the government. Give them wisdom. Give the wisdom to display and deliver all the help around the islands, those truck drivers, protect them to help our fellows and our brothers and sisters in Puerto Rico. We know you got everything under control, but last and not least, you restore island, but mainly restore the life and make them turn to the life to you because you're the peace and calm and the hope for my brothers and sisters. Padre, te damos gracias porque tú eres poderoso. You almighty. Te damos gracias porque desde los cielos tú escuchas la voz de tu gente y obras en gran manera. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. And thank you. God bless. Would you stand? Would you continue to pray? Would you continue to believe? Would you not let these places, every time you see it on television, you read about it, would you just whisper a prayer, the, the fervent prayer, the consistent prayer of a righteous person has the ability to change. God is able. Amen. And don't forget, right here in Lakeland, whisper prayers for those who still need a miraculous touch of God. So, Father, here we are. We've done our best. We've extolled your name. We've given you honor and glory, and we share it. We ask you now in all these prayers that have been prayed and all the prayers by the family and the congregation of our community here, we lift them up to you. We pray for our own family members. God, continue right now. Reach down and touch them. Let not hope escape them, but let hope arise in the name of the Lord. We're asking you, God, give wisdom where wisdom is necessary. God, break the hands of the enemy and open doors that some have said cannot be open and close doors that we shouldn't go through. God, we lift you up and we declare that you are on the throne. So we have hope, we have life, we have a future, and we claim it in Jesus' name. And we give you praise, and we give you the glory, and we give you the honor by the power of your love in your name. Amen. Put your hands together, everybody. Amen. 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 God bless you. Thanks for being here tonight, everybody.